Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. If you're new here, welcome. If you're not, welcome back. I'm excited that you're here either way, and I am really excited for you to listen to this episode because my friend Iris and I dive into what the HCG diet is, what the protocol looked like, our experience with it, and how it affected us and what we have learned from it. So grab a cup of nice hot coffee, grab your headphones, go on a walk, do what you need to do, and enjoy this episode. Hello, Iris. Thank you for joining me on my podcast today. I'm excited to be here. Yes, and I'm excited for you listening to hear Iris's story with the HCG diet because it is very similar to mine. And if you do not know what the HCG diet is, or if you've had friends, family, or loved ones who have done the HCG diet and are curious as to what it is, the HCG diet is a weight loss plan or diet that combines daily injections or drops of human chorionic gon, I think it's pronounced like gonadotropin. And it's a diet that is severely calorie restricted and you're only allowed to eat roughly about 500 calories per day. And this hormone, so this HCG hormone is a hormone that's released in pretty big quantities when someone is pregnant and it can be extracted from the urine of pregnant women. And so a lot of people who have worked with naturopathic doctors um, have been prescribed this diet to lose weight. It's a severe, or it's a rapid weight loss aid. It also has come to Iris and I's attention, like fairly recently, that the FDA has now stated that the HCG diet has no benefit in the treatment of obesity, despite what popular internet blogs and naturopath doctors have said. Uh, it is used as a rapid weight loss tool. And the FDA, Iris, you were telling me it's now like deemed it dangerous, right? Yeah. Um, the Food and Drug Administration has called this diet dangerous, illegal, and fraudulent, which is something I just learned like five minutes ago. I didn't actually know that they had actually said anything about it. And so for those listening, Iris, can you explain kind of what a typical day on the HCG diet looked for you? Sure. So the first thing would be get up, go to the bathroom and weigh yourself. And then if the scale was up or hadn't gone down, freak out. Um, and then no breakfast. I don't drink coffee, can't stand the taste. So it was just water for me. Um, lunch would be, again, a very small portion of protein, like boiled chicken, of course, because you can't use oil, right? So you had to boil it or cook it in water, which is not tasty <laughs> um, to me anyway. And then a small portion of vegetables, about a cup, and then a handful of, you know, chopped up apple or strawberries or whatever else. I'm, I'm trying to remember what was even allowed um, fruit-wise. Not bananas, I know that for sure, because carbs. Um, and, and then just 
nothing else until dinner time, which was probably shrimp, another small handful of strawberries, another teeny tiny portion of green beans or spinach or uh, broccoli or something. Actually, probably not broccoli because carbs <laughs> again. <laughs> um, and those two sad little breadsticks. And that was just my food life for far too long. Yeah. I mean, and so my, my diet was very, the way that my naturopath had my protocol outlined was very, very similar to yours, but you're absolutely right. Like the way that a typical day is lined up, like, can you agree that all day you were thinking about food? Starving, starving, (laughs) starving, planning, hoping, probably binging. Um, because let's be real, like, I mean, the last time I did that diet was the worst in quotes in terms of like consistency, because it's just absolutely unsustainable for anybody. Um, so like, yes, I would fall off the wagon and, and just gorge myself all the time. Um, and then of course start over the next day and, you know, try to overcompensate, et cetera. Um, but yeah, nuts. Yeah. And on this diet, for those of you listening, you actually are encouraged not to exercise. So for my experience, that's how little you're eating, my friends, yes. <laughs> that's how little that is how little, I mean, literally 500 calories is not a lot of calories. Like in, in the grand scheme of things, when you're looking at like someone's daily caloric intake, like let's just for, you know, for shits and gigs here, look at like the nutrition facts that you see on nutrition labels, you know, the daily allotment that, you know, they, they typically refer to is 2000 calories per day. And you're Mm -hmm. eating like, you're eating 500. So that's a very small percentage of your daily allotment or a normal person's daily allotment. So you were highly encouraged not to exercise. And for me, I was never um, very good at sports. I was never super physically active. There was only one sport I was good at, and that was, you know, Taekwondo. I did martial arts. I excelled in martial arts, um, stopped doing martial arts five years prior to the HCG. So I was pretty sedentary. And so for me, when it was like, here's a diet you can, you can't do with assistance of exercise, I was stoked. I was like, you're telling me that I don't need to exercise and I can just eat like this little amount of food and lose. And I remember going out to my car and like crying and calling my mom. I tried to apply for a credit card to be able to do this diet. And I got, you know, I didn't get approved because I didn't make enough money. My mom, oh my God, thank goodness for that. Yes. The credit card company was like, bitch, this is dangerous. Sit down. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but my mom ended up covering the costs and I started this diet and similar to Iris, my typical day with the HCG diet was wake up, go to the bathroom, weigh yourself. I like coffee, but it was black coffee. You couldn't add anything to your coffee. So I would drink my black coffee. I would give myself a hormone injection shot in my right arm And I would wait a couple hours and then I would eat my first meal, which was typically uh, like boiled chicken, like three ounces of boiled chicken and an apple and some spinach. And my meals would look very similar to that throughout the day. Sometimes I would save my apple at nighttime and then chop it up and then put a little bit of cinnamon and stevia on it, you know, as a treat. 
but um other than that yeah i was allowed one apple or one orange i was only allowed to eat spinach and celery and i was able to eat three and a half ounces of chicken shrimp very extra lean top sirloin steak and any fresh white fish so that my friends is what the hcg diet consists of I want to dive into the relationship that it kind of either destroyed or built with food for you, Iris. So how did the HCG diet impact your relationship with food and how did you overcome that? So I think the first thing that it did was on the protocol, there are lists of food you're allowed to eat and lists of food you're supposed to avoid at all costs. So immediately that starts to teach you that, you know, some foods are good, some foods are bad. And if you eat any of these quote unquote bad foods, you screwed up. Um, you got to start over. You got to, um, you know, feel guilty about it. Um, so that was one thing that I really struggled with up until just a few years ago is getting away from that idea that, you know, food, food is food. Um, there's food that's more nutrient dense, food that's less nutrient dense, and they all have their place. Um, the other thing that I, I really wanted to touch on with this is the relationship with the scale. Um, one thing that doing that protocol really um, encouraged me to struggle with was the view of what the scale is actually telling us. Um, one thing that we mentioned the the gorge days at the beginning of the protocol. One thing that was in my protocol was if the scale didn't go down for two days or if it spiked up, which now we know is completely normal for fat loss, um, have another gorge day, <laughs> have another binge day, um, stuff yourself to oblivion and then start over, um, which is also something that through through just pushing through that now having lost weight in a slow, sustainable way, um, just pushing through that, Oh, scale spiked. Okay. Stay consistent. The trend line will continue as long as your calories are in check. Um, so those two things really, really were impacted by being on that HCG protocol. Yeah. And I had a very similar experience. I mean, I remember, depending on what the number on the scale said, that determined how I was going to feel that day. And I remember if it stayed the mm -hmm. same, I failed. And yeah. I would go on a walk or I would go to the gym in order to burn extra or earn more food. I mean, there were times mm -hmm. as the second time that I did the HCG diet, because I've also done it three times. I remember the second time I would go and go against what my doctor recommended, which was go to the gym and go on the elliptical for an hour and I would earn another apple. And one thing for those of you listening is you should never work out to earn your food. Like, no, you should That's not how it works physically. Yeah. And yeah. So going back to the gorge days in my protocol, um, I actually was told you were supposed to gorge for two to three days prior to the diet. And I remember like writing this list, like this extensive list to take to the grocery store so I can buy 
all of the foods on this list. I was literally writing a Christmas list of mm. Oreos and Nutter Butters and, you know, so like Coca-Colas. Like I, I binged, I went through one evening where I just binged on McDonald's and I binged so much until I got sick. So that way, by the time you make it to the first day, you don't want to eat. And I think, I can't say for sure, I think that's kind of what that plan is, like going into it. I think that was kind of the reason why that was on the protocol is make someone eat so much that they just don't want to eat. And then the first week is going to be a lot easier, which I think the only reason why it was easy was because you were seeing, you know, one to four pounds being dropped each day. So, yeah, which again is a complete misunderstanding of what the scale is actually telling you. Um, like you don't lose fat that fast. You don't, that's not how it works. It was all water. It's all stomach contents, but that initial, you know, Oh, wow. Yay. Lose weight fast kind of thing. When you're as desperate as we were, it's intoxicating and it's very attractive to see that number go down and down and down. Um, but then when it stops as eventually it will, no matter what you're doing, that's like the end of the world. It seems like then don't try to take the shortcut. Like, don't, don't try to take the shortcut because Iris and I have both tried to take shortcuts and we've still had to take the long way. So it ended up being like longer way versus the shortcut. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what happens when you try to take a shortcut is that it doesn't work. And eventually you're going to just learn that the long, slow, sustainable way is the way to do it. And it's going to take you longer to do it trying all the yo-yo things before you actually get to the long, slow, sustainable way, then it will be just to start with the long, slow, sustainable way. Ask us how we know. I mean, I myself, like since the HCG have, you know, what I've developed on the HCG, I, I should say, is this really distorted view and relationship with food. So it was really to have a doctor for me, like, again, I went through my doctor to have a doctor tell me, this is what you're allowed to eat. This is what you're not allowed to eat. And if you, if you follow these rules, then you will lose weight rapidly. So yeah, the rapid fat loss is very attractive. I mean, that's the first thing I knew about it. All I knew was that this, this person who introduced me to the HCG diet lost a lot of weight really fast. What I didn't see was the hair falling out, was the brittle fingernails, was the constant fatigue, was, you know, X, Y, and Z, all of these quote unquote, very common as if they're okay, side effects of this thing. Oh, it's not okay. (laughs) It's not okay. And what a lot of people like, you know, what I've failed to, to recognize in myself was, oh, my, like for, for me personally, my doctor was telling me that these symptoms of hair loss and brittle fingernails and the different texture of my skin, like the loss of my period, like Mm -hmm. all of these were normal and going from 170 pounds to 119 pounds in gosh, I want to say three to four months. It, the amount of mental hardship that I had to endure during this diet was something I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy because Mm -hmm. I remember like going out to eat with family for a birthday and I would be bringing my little tiny container 
of my chicken and my spinach mm -hmm. and then my apple on the side or a half an apple because I would save the other half for quote unquote dessert at night. And mm -hmm. I would bring it with me and I would eat. And I remember just looking at my boyfriend at the time and be like, can I have a lick of your food? Like I wanted just the taste and mm -hmm. to be able to look at that now and say, that is so disordered. Mm -hmm. and like Iris, I, I ended up going to therapy for, you know, not only my HCG diet, but after the, you know, my second round, I ended up figuring out I was pregnant with my son. Um, I thought all of these pregnancy symptoms were just symptoms of coming off of the HCG and boy, I was wrong. Um, <laughs> and I had told Iris this earlier, and I'm going to share it with you. I remember sitting down in my appointment with my naturopath doctor getting blood work done. And I found out I was pregnant. And again, I was 119 pounds. I was 21 years old. Um, aside from integrating rice into the HCG diet as a way to reverse myself out of it after the last round. And I had realized I had no, I, I couldn't even differentiate pregnancy symptoms from the symptoms of coming off of this diet. But it was, it's very shameful for me to admit that my first thought after finding out I was pregnant was how can I go through this pregnancy and not gain weight? But what people don't realize is like society tells us that we can lose weight rapidly. But what society doesn't tell us is how to keep it off. Because if they did, it wouldn't be sexy anymore. Right. And so whenever you see something that's like, lose this amount of weight in this many days, what you need to think about is, okay, but what happens after those days? Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've worked with so many people who come off of these bad diets and they, they say that it worked for them oh yeah, keto worked for me. It's like, but did it? Like if you gained the weight back, just like HCG has certainly worked for me in the weight loss department, but mm -hmm. it didn't work on the keeping it off department. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, it came back every time. And you know why? Because it was so fast. I didn't learn anything. I didn't learn any good habits. I, I learned some pretty darn bad habits about weight loss. Um, and I didn't learn anything about maintenance, didn't learn anything about calories, didn't learn anything about appropriate calories, didn't learn anything really about exercise. Um, that was before I actually started exercising consistently when, by the time I was exercising consistently, I was yo-yoing with different diets like keto and, you know, little portion control containers and things like that. Um, but yeah, it just, it comes, it comes down to impatience. It really does. I truly believe that. And like, you're a hundred percent right. We do live in a society where like, I can pick up my phone and learn anything I could possibly want to know in like 20 seconds. Um, like I can, I can go on the internet and order food to be delivered in 10 minutes. Like you got to slow down. <laughs> Yes. slow down. It doesn't have to happen fast. It shouldn't happen fast. And that's okay because that's how sustainable change is made. And I love that you say that you don't learn anything because the only thing that I learned from HCG is how to deprive myself. 
That's the only thing that I learned and bad habits. And, you know, with me, I really struggled with this back and forth thinking of, okay, well, I want to lose weight. How am I going to keep it off? And then I would obsess about how to keep it off. And the only thing that I knew was restriction Mm -hmm. and like maintenance wasn't even a thought. It was just this impatient short-term goal to get here. And then I got there and there was no plan. So the most important thing that you can do is go into a sustainable, moderate calorie deficit, not a severe 1200 toddler diet. Toddler diet. That's a good way to put it. Toddler diet. And give yourself some more calories, just a little bit more to work with because number one, yeah, you're going to lose weight a little bit slower and you probably don't want to hear that, but you need to hear that because guess what? If you're the one not eating pizza while your family's enjoying their Friday night pizza night, you're going to build up resentment towards pizza or your family or, Mm -hmm. you know, calorie counting or dieting in general. And you're going to be setting yourself up for the cyclical pattern that is going to, whether it's a binge eating pattern, whether it's an overeating pattern, whether it's just a negative mindset pattern, mm-hmm. the more that you do that, the more desperate you become, the more you're willing to put yourself on the line. And I know that because I did it. And I can especially speak to the binging because that is what I, I had most experience with. Um, I did experience um, non-purge bulimia, so I didn't make myself sick, but I did exercise extra to overcompensate in the past. I haven't done that for about three years now. Feels great. Um, But one of the things about that, I saw this great infographic. I think I shared it on my Instagram yesterday or the day before was what you restrict, you will binge. And that is 100% true. And I've experienced this not only on the HCG diet, but especially on the HCG diet, but also, you know, quote unquote, clean eating. I could go off on that forever. What does that even mean? Nothing. Um, (laughs) um, Keto, paleo, all these different things, intermittent fasting, what you deprive of yourself of, you're going to want to binge. It's just, it's basic psychology. Tell somebody not to think of a pink elephant. What is the only thing they can think about? A pink elephant tell a toddler not to climb on the table, what are they going to think about trying to climb on that table? Because why? What's going to happen if I climb on the table? It's so intriguing. It's, you know, it's the off limits thing that in our psychology, for whatever reason, as soon as we put something off limits, it's what we're going to want. And that's exactly what it is with food. If you restrict certain things, let's go with carbs in general, because we love carbs here. If you put them off limits, first of all, your body needs them. But second of all, you're going to want them because they taste good and you like them. And eventually that is going to build up until you just, you give in and you binge on it. So why not just learn to incorporate all of these things into your daily life? And the, the intrigue, and I'm not going to say across the board because there's a, a huge emotional factor to this too, and I'm not a therapist, but the intrigue of all that off-limit stuff kind of goes away because you realize you can have it anytime you want to. So there's really no reason to eat it all now because you don't think you're ever going to have it again. Or like, 
you know, Saturday night eating all the pizza because as soon as you get to Monday, it's not allowed anymore. Instead of, you know, practicing, learning, it's okay to have pizza on Wednesday and the world's not going to end. <laughs> well, maybe 2020, you never know, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no, and you're absolutely right. It's like telling someone not to press the big red button. They're going to want to press the big red button. Like, right. I know that because I am it's the human condition. <laughs> is and we're all a little bit rebellious you know we're all a little bit yeah. but it is so true and you know when when iris and i talk about having whatever you want in moderation like the, the key word is moderation mm-hmm. like that doesn't mean that monday through friday all you eat is you know vegetables and chicken i mean i hope you eat vegetables and lean <laughs> yeah. and fruit and whatnot but being able to incorporate, you know, like me, I'm on a granola bar kick right now. I don't know what my deal is, but they're freaking delicious. And me, I know I've been on a big chewy kick for like three months now. So I feel you there. They're so good, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, chocolate chips. I'm like, Oh, I'm dying. What I, what I realized is I'm like, no, I'm not going to eat them today. I'm not going to eat them today. Falling back in those habits. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to eat one after my workouts because number one, sugar and carbs, it's good for after a workout or before. And I fucking like them. And if I have one per day, that prevents me from eating, you know, seven on Saturday, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's so important to learn that moderation. And the only way you can do that is by allowing yourself the freedom and the flexibility, which the HCG diet doesn't teach you. Paleo diet. A lot of a lot of these fad diets don't teach you. No, and and so anytime you go to have that food or eat that food, you associate it with being bad or doing something bad, which creates shame. And then when we feel shame, we we take it out and we lash out and do things like binge or you know put ourselves on these restrictions. What helped me was flexible dieting and, and working Mm -hmm. with being flexible. Now that's not like if it fits your macros, which is another protocol that is, you know, similar to flexible dieting, Mm -hmm. but also finding what works for you. That doesn't necessarily mean just tracking calories or just tracking macros. Like it can be something as simple as having three plates of food and two snacks every day, you know, Mm -hmm. making sure half of your plates veggies and a you know, one quarter of it's protein, the other quarter is carbs and fats. And then on your snack, have your fucking granola bar, like, you know, being able to find this, this healthy balance to where you're not thinking about food all the time, because if you're thinking about Mm -hmm. food all the time, that's an indicator that something needs to be looked at behind this. Yeah. And I want to jump back to, to what we were talking about a minute ago is, allowing yourself to eat more while still losing weight. Um, all of these desperation driven starvation style diets, restriction style diets, the goal is to eat as little as possible with those and lose as much as you can in a short amount of time, which is completely unsustainable. But when you allow yourself to eat more, and I was just talking to somebody the other day about this and she was saying, I I have to eat 1500. There's no way I can lose weight eating any more than that. And my first question was, well, have you tried? First of all, 
using, of course, the goal body weight times 12 uh, metric that, you know, Jordan and Susan and you and the whole crowd that we are in um, uses is very sustainable and works. Um, so first of all, have you tried? Second of all, how consistent are you with the 1500 calories? Because what happens is what we remember is how fucking hard it is to stick to such low calorie guidelines. We don't remember how often we overeat or how often we make excuses for extra bites and tastes and drinks and stuff here and there. We don't remember that. What we remember is, you know, Monday through Friday, slaving away with the boiled chicken and the broccoli and the rice and all of this stuff, all of which I love, but we just, we just, we're not as consistent as we think we are, but by allowing ourselves to eat as much as we can while still being in a calorie deficit and while still losing weight, yeah, it's going to be slower. It's going to be slower. And like you said, nobody wants to hear that, but that's just, you know, tough love kind of thing. It's going to be slower. Deal with it. Accountable, you know, like it's my job yeah. to tell you slow the fuck down. Like that's why, people, that's why people hire coaches is to be, is to hold them yeah. accountable and to be honest because yeah. we love to lie to ourselves. We love, we love our bullshit. We yeah. love it. <laughs> Y'all, if you're listening to this, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. And I'm a, I was a really good bullshitter at one point. What's what I love, Iris, thank you so much for touching on the consistency because you know what? The reason why the HCG diet worked for me is because I was fucking consistent with taking my injections yeah. and following the diet. You know, paleo worked for me for amount of time because I was consistent over 30 days. I was consistent over three months and then I lost it. And then when I got off of the diet, I was no longer consistent. Yeah. Now, that is so important. I'm so glad you brought that up because for, for, for you listening right now, what you need to understand is between patience and consistency, there's also another little factor that you need to bring in and that's honesty. You have to be honest with yourself and really take a look at, is this, am I really being consistent? Am I really being patient? You have to be able to have that level of honesty without beating yourself up to say, yeah, be gracious with yourself, but be honest with yourself. Absolutely. And be able to hold that space for you to say, okay, this is what I'm doing. Am I really being as consistent as I thought? And if not get a calendar and every single day that you are consistent, whether it's with tracking your calories, whether it's with meal prepping or eating the food that you've meal prepped, whether it's having exercise, to food, two snacks, exercise, mm -hmm. like mark that down on a calendar. Give yourself an X if you hit it. Give yourself an O if you don't. Like, you have to be consistent. And the reason why HCG worked for me was because, first of all, I was doing dumb shit consistently. Like, <laughs> yeah. And just imagine if you put the same consistency that you did into keto that you would with portion control. Mm -hmm. Just imagine. It would probably be slower than you want. But would you be able to do that long-term? Probably. <laughs> and one, one very important part of that too is, is tracking consistency. Yes. And honesty with yourself as well. If you notice that you're not being as consistent as you need to be, why? Is the thing that you're trying to do sustainable for you? Is it something you can live with for the rest of your life? For example, if you, know, if you go on keto, it's a fine diet. It's not for everybody. It's like, for me, 
completely unsustainable. I love carbs. I live on carbs. I just recently got into bread baking. I am Paul Hollywood now. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to mail me some bread, Iris. (laughs) I will, dude. Send me your address. I will will bubble wrap that shit right for you. Um, (laughs) But is keto sustainable for me? Can I stick to it forever? No, I don't want to. I don't like it. So why would I force myself to do that? Is, you know, is incorporating all of these foods that I like into my diet, flexible dieting, is that sustainable for me? Can I do that forever? Hell yeah. Yes, I can. So that's the one for me. So if you, that's one important piece of it is if you notice your consistency consistently slipping, why? Maybe there is a self-discipline thing going on, but also take a look at the plan you're trying to follow. And maybe it's just not the one for you. And if, and if it's not the one for you, it's not the one for you. It doesn't mean that you're a terrible person because you can't stick to keto. It just means maybe keto isn't the one for you. And I know I I keep going back to keto because that's the one I know I have experience with. For our listeners, just beginning their fitness journey. What advice would you give them if they're feeling the need to do an incredibly restrictive diet like HCG? Slow down, slow down. It's not supposed to be fast. Habit building is not fast. Sustainability is not fast. And that is one thing you just really have to get used to, frankly. Um, Maybe it sounds a little harsh, but you gotta get used to it. It's gonna be slow. It's not always going to be easy, but just slow down, learn to enjoy the process, learn to enjoy food, learn to just enjoy your life while reaching your goals, which is entirely possible. So if you could go back to the beginning, Iris, the very beginning of your fitness journey, of your dieting, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh gosh, a loving slap across the head. Um, (laughs) I would, I mean- beyond just slow down. Um, I would say don't put so much stock in what you look like because I mean, the people who really care about you don't care. They really don't. And trying to fit yourself into a mold of what society thinks you should look like or what, you know, certain people in your life think you should look like, whether it's a, you know, a bully or a parent telling you you're fat or whatever. It's just, it really doesn't matter. There's so much more to life than that. Um, and like I've, like I said, I mean, weight loss is a valid goal, but also realizing there's more to life. And also the final piece of advice, lift some damn weights (laughs) is what I would tell myself. (laughs) Oh, well, all right, Iris, are you ready for five rapid fire facts about you. Uh Oh, yes. (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. Don't worry. It's all, it's all fun questions. All right. Okay. Numero uno. Number one, what is your favorite food? And you have 10 seconds to answer. Oh gosh. Favorite food. I would have to go with salmon. I, I, I cannot get enough of salmon. There's so many ways to prepare it. And I just, I, I love it. Oh, girl, you need to come to the Pacific Northwest and we'll get you some good salmon. (laughs) Yes, please. My my sister-in-law, my brother's wife is from Vashon out in Washington. Awesome. We were out there for their wedding and oh my Lord, (laughs) seafood is to die for. I love it. All right, Iris. What is your favorite exercise? 
deadlifts, 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 <laughs> and chin-ups, chin-ups too. Um, I have learned to love over the course of 2020. What or who inspires you? So, um, Susan Niebergall, for one thing, I want to be her if I grow up. Um, also people who I, this is going to take longer than seven or 10 seconds. Sorry. That's okay. But, That's okay. but people, people who realize that they don't have to do all this crazy shit to reach their goals and just buckle down and do the work and then start seeing results. That is amazing to me. I love that. I love it so much. It makes me so happy. All right. What is your favorite binge worthy TV show? Great British Bake Off. Gotta say, I'm I'm watching it again for the fourth time. I haven't seen the 2020 season yet, but um, yeah, I've watched that from the start a couple times. Also, Person of Interest is one of my favorite shows. Okay, I'm gonna have to give both of those a watch. And what are you most proud of? Well, most recently, um, as as you know, I have worked really hard to practice chin ups. Um, over the last year and now. Um, it's not something I, I ever thought I could do, but also never something that I had actually took the dedicated time to practice. Um, and so for those listening, um, when the gyms closed in 2020, I had to like switch up a little bit because I had limited equipment. Now I'm very lucky to have pretty much everything I need. Um, but I switched my goals into from like the heavy power lifting lifts to um, calisthenic type stuff. So I started practicing chin-ups. Um, and I, I, over the course of, I think March, 2020 to now, um, I went from being able to do zero chin-ups, um, to being able to do a handful of them completely unassisted. Um, and I kind of took the long way around doing that. Um, but I mean, practice patience, consistency, and I'm actually really proud that I, I can do that. (laughs) That is amazing. And you know what, you guys, like I have been following Iris for a while on Instagram and like, that's the one thing I look for is like, okay, where are her daily chin-ups? Like (laughs) (laughs) gotta do them. Grease the groove. Speaking of your story, where can our listeners find you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, um, at Iris deadlifts. That's really my only social media. I don't have a website. I don't really do anything other than Instagram really that's that's where you can find me well I always look forward to seeing your story and I always look forward to talking to you and always having great conversation and Iris thank you so much for joining us here today and I hope to have you on again soon yes please thank you so much Brooke this has been a lot of fun awesome a whole nother animal Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. I am incredibly grateful that Iris wanted to come on and share her experience and just talk about not only the dangers of this diet physically, but also what it can do to you mentally as well. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and follow it. Leave me a rating and I will talk to you soon. Thank you.